Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 10, Episode 33. This is Writing Excuses, Combat with Marie Brennan. Hey. 15 minutes long. Because Because you're in a hurry. And we heard her. (laughs) And you are the We we heard our intro. I'm Howard. (laughs) I'm Mary. I'm Dan. And we are joined by Marie Brennan. Again, prob- hello, Marie. I promise not to kill anyone. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Combat with Marie Brennan uh, probably needs a comma. Uh, <laughs> um, we want to talk about writing combat. And this is not the first time we've talked about, you know, fight scenes or guns or whatever else. But, uh, Marie, you've got some neat perspectives on this, and we haven't heard from you before. So why don't you lead... With, uh, with telling, us, telling us how you do it. What, what's, your, what's your starting point? What's your, your point of passion on this? All right, well, brief credentials first, just that uh, I studied fencing for a while. I am nearly a black belt in Shorindu Karate, and I actually did combat choreography for theater for uh, four years in college. So I've got kind of multiple angles on the combat thing. Um, my take on it is that, and this seems like a no-brainer, but uh, I'll unpack it a little, that the fight should be part of the story. Um, fundamentally, violence is something kind of hardwired into our brains. It's right up there with food and sex as things that we respond very strongly to. So it's always sad to me. I, th- I think movies can get away with making a fight be just spectacle of just the pyrotechnics of people punching each other. But it's hard to make that work really well in a book, and it's so much more powerful when there's something going on on a narrative level, more than just the plot of, oh, I need this guy to be killed so that the story yeah. can move forward. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. And so many times 
the the fight doesn't even serve that purpose. Yeah. It's just, I would like to have a fight scene here. I need something exciting to happen, and, but it's not exciting if there's yeah, nothing I, riding I've, on it. I'm at the point now where I... If a fight comes on in a TV show, I'll just stop paying attention for a couple of minutes and get back to it when the plot returns, yeah. you know, because... I can have some aesthetic appreciation if it's well done yeah. technically, but if there's nothing really... Well, so what I think a fight can do for a story is it can either um, reveal or confirm or change something profound about one or more of the characters who are involved. Hmm. And when you get that in there, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, one of the best fight scenes that, I, again, I'm, t I'm, I'm thinking of visual media. One of the best fight scenes I've seen recently in anything was the second episode of Daredevil. Yep. Oh, my stars. And what it did it is exactly what you're saying. Part of what it confirmed about his character is in showing his fight style, which is basically, I'll just keep coming until I'm dead. Yeah. That told us so much about who he is, how he intends to win this larger war against crime. Um, fantastic. I mean, it was gorgeous to watch, but also revealed a ton about who he is as a person. I, I think I remember the one you mean. It, it's the one in the hallway, it's right? The it's hallway the hallway single fight. shot and, hallway yes, fight. Yes, and watching his body language during that because he's exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so you get that character element in there of he heaps on just kind of lurching back off the wall to go at them again. And that is so much more cooler than if he was going through it like a robot that doesn't actually have tiredness. Yeah. <laughs> Since I haven't actually seen it, you said it's a single shot? Yes. Yeah, so this is something, there's a, a really fantastic uh, documentary by Jackie Chan where he talks about choreographing fight scenes and how to show Ooh, them, cool. and specifically what he thinks a lot of people do wrong. But one of the things that he says is that what you'll see is people will, um, people will hit and then you immediately see the other person... You, you, so you see someone throw the, the punch and then someone else reacting from the punch. But that what he does is he shows someone hitting the, throwing the punch, shows the punch landing, and then shows the person reacting. So he said, you're actually seeing the same movement twice, mm -hmm. but the brain stitches it together There's into a brief one thing. Overlap, yeah. And the, the reason that it's important to do that is so that you can that you can see the, that the, both things are important. The impact on the person who is throwing it and also the impact on the person who is receiving it and yeah. that that showing both of those the thing that was fascinating about the uh about the daredevil fight and this is the show that's uh this is the netflix uh yeah. series uh, that just came out um very early in the fight scene uh he kicks down a door we the camera's aimed down a hallway he kicks down the door and goes through the door and my brain says oh the fight that I can't see and tell myself about is more interesting than the fight that you're going to show me. And sure enough, somebody gets thrown, you know, back through mm -hmm. the door, and I think, yep, this is going to be one of those. And then Daredevil comes sailing back through the door, and then everybody piles into the hallway, and it keeps going for another two or three yeah, minutes. They play both sides of it least. really nicely. They play, mm -hmm. they play both sides of it. And so, uh, you know, you talked about the, the goals and the expectations um, you get a real sense during the course of that, even though we're not seeing the, the Jackie Chan mm -hmm. style of, you know, multiple cuts, show the, mm -hmm. show the throw, show the hit, show the reaction. Um, we are getting this sense that everybody who's fighting has something at stake. Well, and, and at the risk of just gushing over this one particular fight, though seriously, guys, it's amazing. Um, one of the other things that they accomplish narratively by not showing a lot of the scenes uh, because there are two or three bits of that fight where the 
fight moves into a uh, and all you room, hear is the noise, and all you hear is the noise <laughs> and, and shadows. <laughs> this is Daredevil. It is a blind guy who fights by sonar, and so having chunks of the fight exist primarily as sound is a perfect fit for the character. I will also say I strongly recommend, and that that fight again is a good example for this, so everybody should use it as their teaching text. Um, (laughs) Draw a map for yourself of the space. It doesn't have to be pretty. In fact, mine are hideous. But draw some little sketch map that will tell you where all the major pieces of furniture and entrances and exits are. I usually draw my map in pen, and then the people themselves and arrows showing where they're going I do in pencil, so I can Mm -hmm. erase things if I need to. But if you can't keep straight in your mind where exactly everything is, it's pretty likely that your reader can't either. The other thing about that is that, because I do this too, not that I have as many fight scenes, but the other thing about that is that it makes you aware of the geography, not that you have just that you have to communicate to the reader, but that the the participants of the fight will be using. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, like if there's a chair in the room, then you're going to use that. You're going to inhabit the space much more differently than than if you're doing it in just blank. And and, and when you take the time to figure out what that setting looks like, you know, what you've set that stage, um, it helps. And I've done this with several of my books, gotten to a point where there's a, a fight scene or a character gets trapped somewhere, something is going on and I realize... I have to establish this for the reader, not just for myself, mm-hmm. which means going back and either inserting an earlier scene that gives me the opportunity to describe that setting or uh, just expand the current scene. I mean, well, and I once will- again, Daredevil, before the fight starts, the camera walks down the hall following <laughs> a guy and we get to see all three rooms. We get to see what the hall looks like. Then the fight starts. And I will say fights, and and I think this is true of other kinds of scenes as well, but anything that involves movement, they live and die by concrete specific details. And I don't mean it has to be every blow that the characters are throwing. I mean the environment that they're in, the condition the people involved are in. You Mm -hmm. need to get that vividly and viscerally into the reader's mind. Years ago, uh, Peter Molyneux, uh, development head of one of the game studios, I can't remember which one, talked about video game fighting and and he said you know the the fights in video games currently i mean state of the art back then was it was it was all very flat it was like being in a very well decorated and well textured boxing ring but fights that we see in movies take place in three dimensions and so i mean we if you're anything like me you probably play some video games uh, it's important to not learn your fight choreography <laughs> from a uh, from a medium that is inherently limited. You know, yeah. think in three dimensions, yeah. build this set. Yeah. Another great example of this principle is uh, from, I want to say the first Bourne movie, but I might be misremembering, where he has a fight in a living room. And so the tools at his disposal are a magazine he rolls up, <laughs> yes. a pen he jams mm-hmm. into somebody's neck, all the kinds of things you would find in a living room. It's mm-hmm. very present in that Kill location. Bill has that as well, um, uh, one yeah. of the first fights in In it. the kitchen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were mentioning in, when we were on the road one of the best fight scenes you've ever read, yes. and I want because I want to bring up some some literary versions. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, and I think it is important to look at literary examples because you've got to figure out what can you do with prose. Uh, Dorothy Dunnett, the first book of the Lyman Chronicles, is called The Game of Kings. Uh, it's just historical fiction, but uh, it's historical fiction that I frankly think every epic fantasy writer should read. Uh, single best fight scene I've read in my entire life. There is a duel near the end of that book. Um, she made me feel so inferior with this scene that I decided I was going to exercise that feeling by anatomizing it and saying, okay, why is this so good? 
and I realized that on my mental list of things you can put in a fight scene to make it awesome, everything on my list <laughs> is in that scene. Um, it has everything from the very well-detailed environmental detail that then becomes important to the course of the fight, important stakes for the characters. She has um, a term that I got from acting beats. Um, there are distinct subdivisions within the scene where the goal that the characters are pursuing and the tactics they're using to pursue it changes. So you can have a very long fight without it feeling monotonous because there are these inflection points within it. It's phenomenal. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, on the subject of books, uh, Marie, you've got our book of the week. Yes, I do. And it is A Natural History of Dragons by somebody named Marie Brennan, uh, narrated <laughs> by Kate Redding, who does an amazing job with it. Oh, Kate Redding is one of our favorite narrators. She's done uh, uh, Brandon's... Um, yes. Uh, I can't remember Stuff. Stuff. Well, yes, a lot of, of this stuff. The, the, the whole Robert Jordan uh, series. Yes, yeah. she is amazing. Um, and for those who aren't familiar, the series is about a lady adventurer and dragon naturalist in a 19th century-ish setting going around the world to study dragons. And I love these books so much. I picked up the first one and I was like, she just wrote this for me. <laughs> I love these. Go get it. How can they go get it? You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse and pick up a 30-day free trial membership and get a copy of A Natural History of Dragons by Marie Brennan for free. Outstanding. Um, I want to move on to a different kind of fight scene, which is one that we had talked about before. Um, I'm thinking, I, I like Dorothy Dunnett. I read a lot of uh, historical fiction one of my favorite authors in the world is Bernard Cornwell, and particularly his Saxon tales. And that is kind of early, you know, Alfred the Great era. And the primary form of battle was the shield wall. And what he does that, that I find fascinating is that if he's going to describe a battle, he'll spend 10 pages building up to it. Mm. Everyone is getting in order. Everyone's kind of psyching themselves up because they know that once it starts, it's going to end in about 30 seconds and most of them will be dead. And so there's so much tension to begin and then the fight itself is chaotic and you don't get this kind of blow by blow thing. You just get this sense of I'm still alive. I'll keep swinging this hammer and, and hope I live through it. Well, this is where I think point of view becomes hugely important because first-person point of view of the sort where it's just the camera's perched on the character's shoulder in that moment, that's going to be very different from first-person, I'm telling you about this after the fact, that's going to be different from a third-person omniscient, which is what Dunnett is using, um, and that's going to be different from third-person limited. So you know, what perspective are you telling this from? That's going to control how much can you say about these specifics versus the immediate visceral uh, experience of that event. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I, I find with, uh, with action scenes, fight scenes in particular, is I, I, like, I like looking for the iconic moment. I, like, I want to tell a story in which somebody does something really awesome in combat. And, you know, Dan, as you said earlier, uh, you know, first half of the episode, uh, sometimes there are fight scenes that only exist because somebody wanted to put the fight scene in and it doesn't really serve the plot. Um, when you've got something awesome that you want to tell, how do you make sure that you get to put it in the book? How do you make sure that you get to put it <laughs> in your fight? How do you justify it? How do you make it happen? Well, I remember 
when uh, when Peter Jackson did his remake of King Kong, there's a scene that has been cut from virtually every filmed version of King Kong that they call the insect pit or the spider pit because it's a cool scene that the effects guys all like, but it never really matters because it's just people fall in a pit and get eaten by bugs. And so what Peter Jackson said is, I wanted to make sure I wouldn't cut this. I wanted to make sure it was important. So I threw the main character in with them. So <laughs> then he couldn't cut it. He had to make sure that it mattered to the plot. The main character was the only one who made it out alive. Um, but you know, when you give it that kind of heft that, well, we have to show this fight scene because otherwise you're going to wonder why the main character is covered with spider legs. <laughs> yeah, it, and it, it, is, it is about giving it stakes and something that affects the, the, uh, the, the arc of the entire thing. Um, so, like, when, <laughs> when we pitched Valor and Vanity, I said, and it's going to end, and my pitch said, it's going to end with a, a rousing climax involving Italian nuns, a gondola chase, and cross-dressing. And I'm like, I have no idea how it involves these things, <laughs> but I'm going to fit them in. I have thrown down the gauntlet, <laughs> Here is and the now gauntlet. it is going to be in there. So, mm-hmm. so what I had to do was figure out exactly how each of those things was important but also go back and make sure that they were important to the plot at an earlier point as well. Because if it's only in there once, it's very obviously a contrivance. And, and it's, it's not as rich for the, for the readers. So, you know, there's multiple gondola things. There's multiple Italian nuns. It's just they're playing out differently. I have another thing where I, I have someone defeat, not in this book, but uh, defeat someone with the, you know the pin in the neck. It's a fairly standard thing, but the reason that it it has an oomph, like a lot, my readers all comment on on this moment is because it's his favorite writing pin, and it was given to him by his late wife. Ah, and yes. he's been using it through the entire thing. That is very nearly the, uh, the grandmother's cord. telephone it's cord. It's very nearly the grandmother's <laughs> telephone cord. You know, in uh, uh, Delegates and Delegation, the uh, most recent Schlock mercenary book to complete online, I wanted to put Sergeant Schlock on a flying motorcycle with a chainsaw. <laughs> I set that out as a goal. And it was such a wonderful moment when it happened. And, uh, and the way I had to set it up was by introducing the, the flying motorcycles, you know, fairly early on make somebody else want them so that, you know, they, they become, you know, some sort of a goal, if nothing, they're a goal for the reader. Wow, I want yeah. more of these. Uh, <laughs> so that when we get that scene, uh, it, feels, uh, it feels justified. I now want Chekhov's chainsaw to be an official term of art in writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, when you see the chainsaw in his hand for the first time, somebody's reaction is, where did he get a chainsaw? <laughs> And, and somebody else replies, oh, we, we own a parks and recreation truck now. <laughs> uh, and so you are able to tell yourself, and, and you know that they've acquired these vehicles. Um, granted, I'm allowed to play it fast and loose because comedy. Yes, um, you can get away with a lot in comedy. But we've talked a little bit about, about blocking and about telling these things right. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, how do you do minimalism in, uh, in combat? How do, you, how, do you, how do you tell it fast? Well, I mean, sometimes you just say, so this thing started and then it ended and you, you drop the entire middle out of it. It was the, the line we were talking about before of, um, uh, he came out with me with a gun and I took it away from him. And Sam this, Spade and Maltese Falcon. Yes, yep. there we Max go. Max Gladstone called our attention to that a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think also, you know, some of it is, 
again, focusing on what's going on for the character, what is happening in their head, rather than worrying about the mechanics of the fight itself. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great place to, a great place to stop. We, we, you know, the things that the characters are thinking about might actually be more important than the blocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dan, do you have a writing exercise for us? We do, and it actually relates to that exact point. What we would like you to do this week is to uh, take a fight scene, one you have already written, one you are going to write, one that you're just going to make up for the purposes of this exercise. But then before you write it, make a list. Actually write this all down. Who is in that fight, and what does, does each of those people want to get out of it? Write those all down, and then, this is key, write down what you as the author want to get out of the fight so that you can have all of these various purposes in mind. And then once you have all those notes, write the fight scene. And be honest with yourself. If your reason is, I want to draw a picture of a blob on a motorcycle with a chainsaw, <laughs> that goes on the list. And, and that's perfectly valid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... That's how awesome stuff happens is when you plan awesome stuff. And it is perfectly fair or even desirable to have multiple answers to each of those questions. If your fight is there to do many things at once, so much the better. Outstanding. Marie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Fair listener, you are out of excuses. Now go write. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.